You're listening to the Make It Train podcast with Jen and Sarah. Cross-conditioning training helps people move and feel better by focusing on functionality instead of performance. Hear their thoughts about training, running, health, and wellness as part of today's active lifestyle. Welcome to the Make It Train podcast with Jen and Sarah. It's Sarah here today. I'm visiting with Quan Bryant. Quan is one of our trainers here at CCT and... I'm excited for you to get to hear about his journey through life, some of the fun things that he has to offer, some great advice that he has, and the path that he's been on. Um, First of all, we're going to talk about your name, Quan. It is K-W-A-I-N. The very first time that I ever saw your name spelled, I decided to call you Quain. So I'm sure that's one of the names that you've gotten. What are some of the other things that people have called you over the years? So Sarah, that's pretty funny because most people, for the first time meeting me, will call me Quain. Uh, <laughs> Cohen is another one that I'll get from time to time, but um, it is pronounced Quan. Um, I have a little fun with it sometimes. Um, I'll tell people that in Swahili, my name means King, Strong Warrior, and then they go, oh, really? I go, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's the uh, way I have fun with it. So is it a family name or where where did Quan come from? Yeah, so you got to think about So I'm 54 years of age. And so during the time I was born, um, I think in the African-American community, uh, families are trying to be really creative and unique <laughs> with the spellings of names. And that's just where it came from. Got it. Mom well, trying to be unique and different. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. She she had a unique and different son. That's I think for sure. so. People definitely remember it once they uh, meet me for the first time. That's right. I don't know another Quan, and I I bet I never will. <laughs> you're you're the one and only. How about it? Um, so I'd love to hear just a little about bit about who you are. I know that you are someone who's really rock solid in your purpose, your identity, and your passion. Uh, I get that in my conversations with you and just my time spent with you. I also see that in all of the things that you do. And I'd love for you just to share a little bit about that, about what your purpose is. Yeah, so I haven't always been rock solid. It's just evolved over time. But it's an interesting thing. If you ask, let's say, 10 or 15 of your friends and associates, like, what's the first word that comes to mind when they think about you? You'll get a really good sense of actually (laughs) your purpose. And so as um, I've done that over the years, there are three words that really jumped out. One is that I'm a motivator. The other is an educator and a mover. And so regardless of what space I'm in, I'm doing one or all three of those things. And I think of you as a mover, for sure. Uh, you're always moving. You you mentioned that even as a kid that you were a little bit of a hyperactive kid. And I'm curious about how over the years you've been able to harness that maybe hyperactivity or, you know, deep within you type mover into being a really positive thing. Yeah, definitely. As growing up as a child, um, it was a challenge for a lot of adults because I was a high energy kid. Uh, I was one of those uh, kids that couldn't sit still. But it's interesting as I've gotten older, uh, that energy has served me well. Uh, It gives me an opportunity to connect with people to, you know, come into a room and literally change the energy that's in the room with the energy that I present. And so I've just uh, grown to really appreciate it and look at it as a positive as opposed to a negative. And also just from from the fitness space, um, it allows me to burn a lot of calories. <laughs> it sure does. I'm sure. I wish that we had a little bit more of that mindset today. I think we are quick, 
quick to label kids as being hyperactive or ADD or I guess we call it ADHD now. And I would love to see a little bit more positivity around kids who are like that. Maybe they would turn out like you <laughs> if it was uh, tilted more towards being a good thing and not a bad thing. Yeah. So definitely. where are you from originally? Yeah, so I'm from a little town called Garner, North Carolina. Um, I grew up there. It's a big sports community. It's a smaller town, but a big sports community. Um, and they really get involved in sports very early. And so um, my first experience in um, group sports was cross country, actually. And then um, I, I attempted to play football in middle school and uh, eventually got there in high school. All right. Now, Garner is like 45 minutes from where I was born, Sanford, North Carolina. Yes. So small world. Small, small world. world. Um, and then you moved on to go to, to college, not not there, but, but not too far off. And yeah. that was at... Remind me. Yeah, um, so I started. I started out. Ironically, I started out at uh, Chowan College. So I got a wrestling scholarship to go there to wrestle, and so I wrestled there for uh, a little over a year, and then I transferred to where I eventually graduated from, which was North Carolina Central uh, University. And then, while in school, you studied. Yep, I studied health education, and it literally um, it changed my my life. To be honest with you, you know, when you kind of find your purpose and say, "Wow, this is what I think I'm designed and meant to do," uh, I found that at North Carolina uh, Central University. And so, with the health education, it led you really quickly into your career. Yeah, so I became very passionate about it uh, and the work that I was doing and realized that I could actually have an impact. And so I literally got my first job before I graduated. And so I, I say I got my first job in the big city of Shelby, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there a health educator for, oddly enough, a reproductive health program focusing on adolescent males. And so the first three years of my professional career, I was in Shelby cutting my teeth and learning a great deal from the populations that I was serving. And it is really interesting hearing you talk about working with males because I remember at that time, probably I'm a little bit younger than you, so I might have been in high school when mm-hmm. you were in, in that area. Yeah. And most of what I saw was focused on teen pregnancy and uh, women's health. So it is really interesting that you had an impact there with young males. Um, how how did that come about? Like, was that your own idea or? Um... Yeah, good question. So it was actually, it was a federal grant that they wanted to address uh, reproductive health and f- with the male slant. And so the hiring manager at that time, I was speaking at a conference in college. I spoke at a, a national conference uh wrote a paper on empowerment and she just thought that I would be a great fit uh, for the organization and so when I took on the role um, I just embraced it fully um, and really started to learn a great deal from the young men that I was working with um, and we ultimately became a um, uh, a best practices uh, program and you know I, I think back again too for to the time when I was in high school and just reproductive health in general was a very controversial topic so how how did that feel at that time being involved there did you feel like you met resistance oh yeah it was it was a very uh political um uh focus at that time around uh, reproductive health and particularly sharing that information with adolescents and teens and also during that time it was the height of the aids epidemic and Mm -hmm. um and so it was a lot of 
of questions going around about uh, information. If you shared information with adolescents and teens, would that encourage them to engage in risk-taking behaviors? And so it was just a lot of pushback and making sure that parents were aware. And so um, it was a little political and we did um, have some resistance. But we've come a long ways, wouldn't you say? Oh, my God. Um, you know, I think back now, like when during that time when HIV AIDS was at its height and where we currently are now, um, I'm just really proud of the work that we were able to do. And I say we, meaning all those that are in that health space um, fighting that good fight during that time. Well, I'm grateful for those of you who did. Really grateful. I think things are, I mean, I know we still have a long ways to go, but yeah. um, but we live in a different world than we did then. Absolutely. Definitely. So from Shelby, you landed yourself in Charlotte. And how did that happen? Yeah. So um, speaking at another conference about the work I was doing, uh, Barbara Ziegler, who is the executive director of Teen Health Connection here in Charlotte, uh, saw me and they had an opportunity as, as they were expanding their services at Teen Health Connection uh, to provide some health education services in the community. Uh, asked if I would interview for the role and I interviewed and I was spending a lot of time in Charlotte because as you can imagine there was a bit more to do for a 20 something year old um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as opposed to being in Shelby um, as it relates to being in Charlotte and so I was trying to get to Charlotte as quick as I could and that was an opportunity for me and I really cut my teeth here in Charlotte working for Teen Health Connection and providing a number of prevention education programs and I expanded outside of the reproductive health space to more general health as well and so I got a chance to focus on a number of health related issues. So how did what you were doing then with Teen Health Connection lead into where you are today, the public speaking and the consulting that you do? Yep. So because of the work that uh, we were doing and the impact that we were having in the community, I was getting a lot of requests to come speak at conferences to talk about how we were impacting the lives of others. Um, And the requests became so numerous that my supervisor at the time, she was like, okay, Quan, I mean, this is great, but you have a job to do. And then (laughs) I, I realized that you could actually get paid to do it. I remember I turned down one request and they said, well, we'll pay you to come. And I was how much <laughs> and, uh, they shared and I was like okay uh, I'm gonna take a vacation day so I took a vacation day uh, spoke at the event and then realized it was a whole um, it, it was really a whole different profession and opportunity for me and that's I, I resigned shortly thereafter uh, and branched out as a consultant trainer and speaker full-time well, I love it and in the beginning I remember you said that you are a motivator an educator and a mover yeah. so let's move into the movement space so yeah. talk to me a little bit about Quan and fitness where did where did that evolve how did you start to make a name for yourself in this space sports yeah. running I remember you, I think you said something about CrossFit yeah so I've always been um and I consider myself always being an athlete. Uh, as I shared earlier that I grew up in a town where sports were really big. And so I played football, I wrestled, and I ran track. And so after college, once I finished wrestling, I tried to figure out, okay, you know, how do I, what, what do I do? And so working out was the closest thing uh, that I could do as it relates to fitness and competition. And then every now and again, I would run an occasional uh, 5K. But as I got older, I started to see the, the benefits of fitness and how it when I didn't work out how much harder it was to get back in shape and so I never wanted to get out of shape and so that was kind of my entree into the the fitness space of just really just working out Um, but as an educator and a trainer um, I would always as much as I was learning I wanted to share that information with others. 
So that takes you to this point of consonants and everything kind of working together. Yeah. You're not spinning multiple plates, but everything that you're doing is is connected. And the the piece of Teen Health Connection plays in symphony with Quan, the trail runner and the speaker. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's all to me. It's all the same. And yeah. And consonants is this frictionless uh, connection between who you are and what you do. And so regardless if I'm uh, working out or coaching, um, I'm either motivating, educating and helping people move or, or moving myself. And so it was very much um, a, a natural part of who I am to when I got you know to look at coaching and say okay I see myself when I do my sessions here at CCT uh, most of the uh, members will tell you I'm I'm motivating I'm encouraging I probably coach a little bit more than some of them would like for me to uh, <laughs> in regards to movement patterns uh, and and then I, I I want them to move and feel good about their experience and their time here well we I love that that you offer a little bit more coaching I think that um like it or not, it's it's what people are coming here for. So I'm, I'm grateful that you do that and that you offer that. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. Your your dad is diagnosed with cancer. Um, COVID hits. I'm not quite sure the timeline of all yeah. of that. But you find yourself in a space where you have an opportunity to pursue another certification and you land on natural movement so talk to me a little bit about that about how you chose natural movement and then maybe just some of the downstream impact of realizing how when you move that you're able to also move grief through your body that's yeah. a loaded question <laughs> no 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 thank you for asking us uh, i appreciate it so yeah so my dad was diagnosed uh with prostate cancer um early in his 50s I was actually uh, off to college at the time when he originally got diagnosed and, um, and so he ended up having to have his prostate removed at that time but it eventually it came back um, and so in 2020 that's when we started to see the decline um, in his health and and eventually he he transitioned during um, 2020 and of course COVID hit and so the world was upside down just in general and my world was upside down just because I lost you know my hero mm. um, and so I was you know I was doing a lot of trail running at the time because my dad would um, spend a lot of time in the woods uh, he, he, he thought that nature or he said this that nature is his sanctuary uh, and the the birds are uh, the choir uh, singing, and so he would spend a great deal of time. And so spending time in the woods and trail running just gave me an opportunity to have that connection with him. Uh, but going through that grief process was really um, challenging. And I just remember while I was running, I just would tell myself, "Quan, keep moving, keep moving." And it was just kind of this mantra that I would say to myself, not just to keep moving while I was running, but to keep moving through the grief and working through that. And so. So um, as I was looking to get better at sport in regards to Spartan and CrossFit, uh, I was looking for um, something that could assist my mobility uh, and my joint health. And I, after doing some research, I came across natural movement. And so I decided during 2020, since everything was stopping, to just uh, 
acquire this certification in natural movement. And once, as in the preparation for that certification, I would practice at home and early in the morning. And that times just started to really be helpful for me uh, as I was working through the grief. I was literally moving through that grieving process as I was practicing and preparing for the certification. And so, uh, of course, I went and got the certification. And then uh, that was about the same time that Jen and I, we had connected through Spartan Racing, but she was going to open up the studio. And she said, Quan, I would love for you to do some natural training uh, and movement. Uh, I mean, natural movement uh, at CCT. And that's how I got connected with CCT and okay. natural movement. I don't think I even knew that. I do remember the very first class I took here was with you, and it was a natural movement class. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't realize that that was the initial connection that you had with Jen. Um, well, I, I love hearing that, and it's interesting. That's another thing that we have in common. I also took the time during COVID to pursue my Ken Stretch certification, which is a mobility training. Uh, I, I do think that during that time, no matter who you were, where you were, what your, your um, experience was, that it was a time where things slowed down yeah. and you had an opportunity to, to do something with it. Rather you chose to or not, that's a different story. But um, Ken Stretch was really challenging for me because it was so slow. Right. And I'm, I'm not used to moving that slowly, but it certainly <laughs> impacted me um, and, and the way that I coach and the way that I move my own body, the way that I start my workout outs off now. I um, knock on wood. I can safely say that I have not had any major injuries since then. And I yes. definitely attribute it to the the slower work that I do before I begin doing anything heavy or fast, um, which is, again, part of what we do here. And I, I would say one of the things that sets us apart from so many of the other training studios around town. Yeah, it's a game changer. It's a it's a game changer to really move your body slowly, easing your body and preparing your body for the, the work that's ahead. I think it, it's so important and after the workout as well. And so I think that's what uh, a lot of people in the fitness space, they'll miss that that stretching and a mobility component uh, at the beginning and at the end of workouts, because a lot of times it's like, OK, we got to get the next class in or this, uh, you know, something similar. And it's just really important that we can do that and. And that's one of the, the, the a big part of who we are at CCT. Yep, I agree. So um, just a few weeks ago, yeah. you learned that you're going to become a grandfather, which is exciting news. How crazy is right? that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so how, how did you respond when you found out? You know, it was surprising. So yeah. it was on, on my birthday. Uh, my daughter reached out and um, she she texted me this picture. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, this looks like an ultrasound. I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I'm looking and I'm in a meeting, by the way. And so I just because so, since my daughter texted me, I was like, OK, let me take a look at it. Uh, and and um, she's grown. So typically when your grown kids text you, uh, yeah. you, you look and I'm mm-hmm. looking, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, and she said, happy birthday. And you're gonna be a grandpa, and I, um, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I got emotional. I'm in a meeting and got emotional. Um, it was overwhelming. I, I'm still trying to process it because it's so um, different from being a parent. It's it's just a different feeling um, that uh, I'm I'm super excited about. Though I'm really excited. Well, I'm excited for you, and I I do love that we have a grandpa here in space who's still skateboarding and picking up new hobbies and taking on new challenges and 
um, I, I just like, I want to know what you do. Like, what's the secret sauce? There's something like there's a secret <laughs> practice. There's something that you're doing in the background that oh wow, I, I you did. found the fountain of youth. Yeah, well, I think that that hyperactivity as a young person and uh, is following me in my older age. But I you know I keep moving. I keep moving. I, you know, uh, object that's in motion stays in motion. And that's so right. um, I would love to be uh, that that ninety year old you know kick ass <laughs> uh, you know Paul Paul. Uh, where my grandkids can really uh, connect with. I, I I enjoy life. I enjoy living. Uh, and I want to be around as long as I can. Uh, I want to have, you know, a long, um, you know, health span and health span. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about nutrition just yeah. because I find it interesting when we were chatting the other day because I was I'm like, surely he's got something <laughs> specific that he eats or doesn't eat or <laughs> some specific protocol but no you you really find yourself to be more of an intuitive eater and i love to hear what you said about that and would would like for you to share that with with our listeners yeah so as a wrestler uh you you spend a lot of time cutting weight and and focusing on your weight and so i became very in tune just with my body in general uh, and then as as an adult um i really it is intuitive. Um, I, I, I try. I don't prescribe to any specific diet. Um, I believe in moderation. Um, that simply means that you know I'm never gonna eat like super super healthy, nor am I gonna eat super super bad. It's just typically in moderation. So if, if there's a dessert, I'm gonna eat dessert, uh, but I'm not gonna eat you know a lot of desserts or sweets at any given time. Uh, I have a pretty simple palate, and so I do eat just a lot of chicken, fish, and rice generally. Uh, and I, I think one of the things that have helped me in regards to that though is um, I I take an hour for lunch every day. Um, I do not rush my meals. Um, if I can't take an hour, 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 I will reschedule at some other time um, so that I can have that time. And I eat very slowly. Um, I, I take my time. I chew my food very well. Uh, and I just eat until I'm satisfied. I never eat till I'm full. And so once I'm satisfied um, in regards to the meal I'm eating, that's it. Um, but I I have desserts. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I probably eat too many sweets, but I also move and work out a lot too. And so it's just really moderation. Yeah, I think I have something to learn from you on the slow eating. Um, I'm, I'm one of those who's like taking a five minute break here in the middle of the day for a lunch. I need to figure out how to carve out that that hour lunchtime, even 45 minutes would probably yeah. be nice. Yeah, you know, everybody doesn't need an hour. For me, yeah. I need an hour to kind of decompress because when I'm around people, I'm highly engaged. And so it's just really helpful for me to steal away for an hour or so mentally and emotionally, but also just to take my time um, eating my meal and kind of reflecting on what I've done. I like to reflect a lot mm-hmm. and that gives me that opportunity, but it also makes me slow down in regards to eating uh, and then it allows my food to digest. And so I don't feel sluggish after after lunch, I, I have uh, I feel like I have energy to continue throughout the day. And I bet you enjoy your food more that way as well. You do. You do. You really I think so. I think you enjoy it. You know, you take your time. You can taste all the different flavors. And and so uh, that's been helpful. And I will say, you know, cutting back a little on the sugar allows you to experience the flavor of, of uh, whole food. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Totally. So what's next for you? What are you training for? Any races? 
events, competitions yeah, so, coming up? Um, around the Crown is next. Um, I'm going to run Around the Crown. I'm excited about that. And I just like that for the community aspect. Um, and then I think I'm going to join uh, some of the CCT crew down in South Carolina. Um, you help me pronounce the... Is Kiowa. It? Kiowa. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking to do the half there, not whole. Uh, I'll do the half marathon there just to start um, getting ready because eventually I will do a, um, a full marathon. But uh, that's going to be my first um, experience. I've run one half before, but it's been 20 years. And so I'm kind of excited to, um, to do this one. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm going to be running around the crown with you this year as well. Awesome. And I'm with you. It's such a great community event. Last year was my first time running it. I actually kind of took a few years off from running. And um, that was the the race that I came back to. Okay. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, full full transparency i walked the clean the queen's climb okay um, <laughs> but that's you're not all right i'm not the only one um and then kiowa half i actually have run 12 times oh, so wow. i'm excited for you to do that and yeah. i i think i mentioned to you that the flatness of that race is actually what makes it hard in my opinion yeah um just not having the variation the the ups and downs the the rest for one muscle group while the other one is working can make yeah. it a little bit challenging, but you know, you, you'll train for it and you'll, you'll figure out how to make it happen. It'll be really different than the trail running that you do for sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I enjoy about trail run is the variety and the terrain, the undulating terrain. And you have to, it's interesting because someone who's kind of high energy and uh, a somewhat attention deficit um, trails make you really engage because yeah. uh, you don't want to fall. Uh, and so, and it, it is easy to get into a flow state just because of the, of the variation of the terrain. And it's, it's amazing that the, um, the more focus you get, the actually more you can hear, which is just, it's an interesting experience. And so I'm looking for a different challenge. So the road work could be a slightly different challenge for mm -hmm. me. It pushes me outside of my comfort zone. And I, you know, there's this saying that uh, the comfort zone is a great place to be, but nothing ever grows there. That's and right. so my, my, I put myself in these uncomfortable situations and doing a, a half marathon on flat terrain um, is going to be uncomfortable for me, but I think I'll figure it out along the way. Of course, I plan and prepare for it but you there's just things that you don't and that's what I love about it right there are things that you can't prepare for that you have to figure out uh, while you're out there and that's so right. that's that's the beauty of it all love it all right I'm gonna throw one more thing at you before okay. we go so because you are a person who cares about impact yeah you're a philanthropist yeah you love people and I know you're gonna love this grandbaby that you have coming if there's one thing that you could change about our world for your grandchild what would it be Wow, that's that's a heavy question. <laughs> oh you goodness. can take a pass. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, uh, and it, maybe it's not changing, but my hope is that uh, my my grandson experiences uh, a level of humanity that I could only dream of. Sounds good. I hope that for him and for our future gener or her and our future generations, and. I'm really grateful that I had this time with you today. I am so inspired by you, by your energy and your drive and your desire to try new things all the way through. I, I anticipate that uh, when you are in your 90s that you'll be, you'll be picking up new hobbies and activities even so. Uh, so that's the plan. That's the plan. Where can people find you, Quan? Yep. So you can find me on Instagram at I am Quan Bryant. That's I am K-W-A-I-N Bryant on Instagram as well as uh, Facebook.
All right. Awesome. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. Remember, you can always find the Make It Train podcast on any podcast platform. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye, Quan. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Make It Train podcast. To connect with Jen and Sarah, find them on Instagram at jen.w.dufresne and at sarahpayfitness. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can be notified when future episodes are released.